Gonzaga Nation SI again, Adam Morrison and myself, Mo. Crazy times. COVID is postponing, popping games left and right. We just heard this week's games. San Francisco, which I was looking forward to. They've only got one loss. Yeah, 12 and 1. And Pepperdine is still questionable, but the USF game's off. Yeah. What was your first thoughts when you heard that one? Well, it's not surprising considering the first weekend of the league basically got canceled, but uh, uh, echo your uh, thoughts. As I, I was uh, upset because they were having a fantastic season and, and for their standards, you know, 12 and 1 is good for anybody, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. really got off to a good start. I think. Their style of play is fun to watch. They've given us trouble the last three, four years, really. I mean, they've there's been a game every season that they've could have won um, in the last three, four years, aside from last year's team. Um, so I'm always curious to see because they actually switch ball screens. They run pro style. You know what I mean? They yeah. run kind of actions and they just play. So I like watching them play and calling the games. So I'm a little, I was a little upset, but hopefully, you know, knock on wood that this stuff is just postponed and not canceled. Yeah, I, you know I, I, mean? I agree with you. I think it's just going to be this next two, three weeks. This is my opinion. I'd love to hear your take. I think this next two to three weeks is going to be crazy. There's going to be cancellations everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what you're going to see is, like, games just loaded up. You're going to see, like, an NBA sc- schedule. You you're going to play a Monday or Tuesday, yep. and then you're going to keep your Thursday and Friday, barring any new complications yep. or issues. When you look at San Francisco, though um, – you got you had some good games down there, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, we played. Uh, see, my freshman year, I played all right there. My sophomore year, actually, we lost down there. That was only my one of two losses in conference for me, um, and I got my ass busted pretty good by Jerome Gums. And really, don't remember that name. He was just like a do everything wing, and we were playing zone because we couldn't guard anybody, and I didn't box out on the weak side, and he just would pound and get weak side rebounds. So that next game, I didn't start my sophomore. Really? Yeah, and that's how bad it was, and that was a, a tough pill to swallow. So, <laughs> and then the, then the next year, I had uh, I think forty one or something like that. But yeah. it was uh, yeah, I've had some mixed emotions in that gym. It was funny actually. Brian Michelson, you know, second assistant now, obviously, um, and he goes. It was like three years ago we were talking about the game. He goes, remember Jerome Gums? You know, we're at a bar. He's busted your ass. And he was giving me crap. I was like, yeah, dude. Because Brian was on that team. And then we go to shoot around the next day. And Jerome Gums was playing pickup in the gym. <laughs> and he goes, Mo. He goes, he probably got a deal in Europe because of you. He just shows him that tape. So it was funny. Um, but, yeah, uh, that San Francisco group is just always fun to watch. I love I love that gym too. Yeah, that's a great just, gym. Just to call a game, it's cool and it's the atmosphere. You're just right in the middle of the city. It's just like in a neighborhood. It's yeah. weird, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm up. Uh, hopefully, you're right. But if I'm Gloria Navarre as the WCC president or commissioner, like you have to. I'm not saying, but like after two weeks and after this past three, you have to figure out to get games because what like we talked about on previous episodes, isn't it? Four teams in the top hundred. Or something like it's that. Camp top 40. Pump, top 40. Yeah, because they keep going. They, they keep winning. Yeah. And I read the stat the other day. Like, the okay, so the top four teams in the league are winning at like an 83% clip, which yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. But then those nine total losses, those opponents mm-hmm. are at a 81% winning clip. So their they're lo- they're losses are against good teams, yeah. which, are, which is helping their Ken Palm and their net ratings. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, if you're her, 
And she obviously understands basketball's the main thing for the West Coast Conference, I'd imagine, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to get these games. And I'm not, this is not a knock. It's just like, she's got to be freaking out. It's like, how can I figure out? Because we could legitimately get three teams in yeah. to the tournament, maybe four, obviously, but like three for sure. St. Mary's, BYU, and Gonzaga. Not for sure, but like St. Mary's, BYU, or Gonzaga, BYU usually have that, you know, uh, at large type of deal. You know what I'm saying? Um, so. I don't know, man. It, it's scary to think in that terms. Obviously, health and safety precludes everything. But it's like this conference has been really good this year, and it's been yeah. a long time since it's Strike been... Strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, and when it's been top-heavy, usually it's been Gonzaga and who's finishing second, and that second might not even get in. Now it's who's finishing second, and third's probably going to get in. Mm-hmm. Fourth, you probably might go to the NIT, which is great for a lot of programs to build on. So, yeah, that, that part is a little disheartening. Um, you know, because of the momentum is so great. So hopefully they can figure out. And like you said, just do Monday, Thursday, Saturday. You guys all want to play in the league, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's what, what you is. say to the guys like, okay, here you go. Here's your chance to show like you play three and four or three and five. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I think that's that that commentary about that I've read that and heard from fans like mm-hmm. uh, that's too much. Are you kidding me? That doesn't like, make any sense. Like what are you talking people have about? said, two games a week, you're you're running these college kids into it's the ground. Wild. Come on now, it's you know how it is as a pro. Yeah, like practice does get minimized throughout the course mm-hmm. of the year, but if you're doing your work, you're getting an hour pregame workout in. Yeah, then going to lift unless you're playing forty minutes a game, mm-hmm. and then you play the game. And then if you don't play fifteen minutes that night, you got to you you're on the, the treadmill next, or yeah. on the elliptical yeah. either right away or first thing in the morning. Yeah. So I don't buy that. It's too many games for kids. No, I, I, I totally, I disagree as well. And when people say that, it's like, you know, they're just high, high level athletes. And then it's also like, wouldn't you want to see, you know, games st- stacked on top of each other? I 100%. think as a fan, it's, it's even better. It's like, yeah. well, I got three games to watch this week. So hopefully they figure it out. And again, like this is not a play the games, damn it. You know, because screw COVID. It's like, no, it's not that. But, you know, if you be uh, pr- be proactive like you were last yeah. year, that's that's all I'm saying. 100%. Be, be proactive in how you can get these games on the schedule and played. Yeah. And I think they're going to try to do that. But hopefully it's like you said, like two weeks, everything kind of goes through and then we, we get back to – Plan. Yeah, well, talk stay on the topic of USF and that gym. Mm-hmm. I, I loved playing in that gym. I loved going on that road trip. Yeah, but the difference in the hotels and the college versus then the NBA yeah. is night and day, especially yeah. in a city as expensive as San Francisco. We stayed at a place in San Francisco. I don't even remember the name of it, but it was like right across the street or two blocks away from a restaurant called Tommy's Joint. Did you guys go to Tommy's? Yeah, Joint? we were at Tommy's Joint. Um, my first two years, the place was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one of the most random hole-in-the-wall restaurants. Yeah. You could get almost anything. It was buffet style. Pretty much. You go down the line. You like, go down oh, the give line. Give me some of that. Give yeah. me some of that. Macaroni cheese, uh, <laughs> pig's feet, like for real. No, yeah. Like they, pork ribs, and yeah. then it would be like salad, you know, and it's like, what? where does this all come? But it was so, you're right, it was yeah. so good. And it was like, it was a restaurant, but it wasn't a like a complete dump, but it wasn't like where you would like go to have a business meeting, but then like you'd see families there, but it looked like kind of misfit family. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. So then you just kind of went in there and it was like going into a cafeteria. Yeah. 
A good, you know what I'm saying? A good one. A really good one, but it was weird. Like, just, yeah, Tommy's joining. Have I miss you been Tommy's back joining. since? Because I've been. No, we always stay in Fisherman's, but okay. I should, I want to go back because it's, yeah, like Tommy Lloyd took me there. He's like, well, yeah. I got this, I got this restaurant. Tommy's joining. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, just trust me. And sure enough, like, <laughs> can I have seconds, please? Yeah. Like, it's that good. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. We, we, so we would stay in the, the crappy hotel um, around the corner. And then when you get to the NBA, we would stay, some teams would be at the Four Seasons on, was it Market Street? Yeah. And then other teams would stay at the Ritz-Carlton up on the hill above Chinatown. Mm-hmm. Where did, where would you guys stay with the teams you were with? Uh, that's a fog, to be honest with you. I have no idea. I only remember, yeah, I don't, I, I can't even remember. I think one year we might have stayed where, the hotel we stayed at Gonzaga wasn't bad. What was well, compared you you must have helped increase the budget because i remember ours was like holy cow. oh ours yeah ours wasn't but we were yeah we were close to tommy's joint but we were like in a in a marriott or something like okay. that so yeah it wasn't like well i remember i had like, you would know Corey violet yeah. he, he was my roommate on the road uh-huh. he's from boise he wouldn't go out he wouldn't walk around in san francisco because he was scared <laughs> he's a big six know, eight, 250 chunk, pound dude yeah chunk. I'm like, come on, dude, let's go for a walk. Like, I, I yeah. don't want to sit in the room all day. He's like, no, you're on your own. I just remember they had Tommy's joint, and then across the street they had like a Sam Goody when it was like you go look at CDs. That's just sort of <laughs> reference that some people might not understand, whoever's listening to this. But, yeah, you could like touch music. <laughs> that brings a great Christmas story. I want to hear a Christmas story from you since with your kids since we just yeah. had one. So my son got a, a Walkman for Christmas. Like a original tape tape deck? Yeah, or? tape deck one. So Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah. So he, in the box, he got the, the Walkman and mm-hmm. like the four tapes from Guardians of the Galaxy. And my son puts it in and he's he's 15, smart kid. Yeah. He can't figure out how to work it. You can put And he's yeah. like, dad, what's going on? He can't figure out. This is like, dude, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Let me see it. Put it on the wrong, wrong side. side. And then... Like, so kids these days don't realize like if you had a song you want, you had to listen to the four minutes yeah, and then rewind, rewind yeah. or fast forward and try to get lucky. He was blown away. He's like, that's hard. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's wild to think, uh, you know, just where the technology has gone to just music wise. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I had to catalog, like I'm obviously a little bit older than you. Like I had to catalog by hand, you know, all my music collection, uh, into the computer, like type in the name and the album and stuff. Like it's, you don't even have to do that anymore. You know what I mean? But yeah. Uh, Christmas wise, like how is it like in the dick out house? Well, you got six kids. Like, do you, yeah, we do you take breaks. To, do you have to take out another mortgage every year because it seems it, it seems that way. <laughs> I mean, we have, so like you kind of like, you don't want them to just open them all at once. So it's like one at a time. Yeah. So that's how we sees. do it. But, yeah. but then, but then it drags on. That's a long goes, shift. Yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> let's get some breakfast now. Yeah. All right. Shift. I need some champagne now. Yeah. What about uh, teammate wise? Cause you kind of, we touched on like the, the Walkman. Mm-hmm. Zach Gord was a technology genius yeah. when we were teammates. And I remember like logging or coming up with songs I wanted. I would give him a list and like he would download them on Napster that night and make a DVD. Who would have been the the technology guy on your teams? It's uh, a good question. I think it was probably B-Mike or, or Stephen Gentry Shaggy. Um, 
because they were the smartest guys, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, and that was when we were Napster and, and Kazaa and all that stuff. So yeah. if guys could like burn CDs, it was amazing. You know, like just the thought process of that just mind blowing to me now. Like, yeah ripping off music was odd, but now it's basically free. Yeah. Not necessarily kind of, you just pay you a monthly, pay a subscription. monthly subscription, but yeah, like, yeah. you know, remember the war that went on, you know, with society and Napster and all that stuff with our mu- musicians and Napster. But yeah, I think it was uh shaggy and B Mike were probably the most uh, inclined to uh, be good at technology, but we were kind of right in the era beginning of social media and all that stuff. So it was a it was a different time as far as technology, like the boom of it. I guess, yeah. You know what I mean. Those guys break down film left and right. Yeah. Synergy, all the different hoop one media platforms. Watch games. Yeah. Did you watch a lot of game film when you were in college and or the pros? I didn't watch any game film when I was in college at all, like unless it was handed to me. I didn't watch it like on my own. Yeah. It was harder too because it still wasn't on like yeah it was on a D- Divix and, and all yeah, that stuff yeah, yeah so uh, yeah I just would watch it with an individual group your, your individual coaches but I didn't uh, you know like hey can I can you burn me the copy of the game I don't know why I just never did Maybe. how about in the NBA because because I, I remember that was still DVDs at that point yeah they DVDs would, the video then, coordinator would give you a yep. DVD after the game you choose to watch it you don't yeah no I'd watch it after, um, after games yeah. Cause you kind of had to in the league to learn guys. Yeah. But like, I don't know, just guns. Like I just never did it. We never, yeah. we get the film shoved in our face to sure. the scouts. Yeah. I think more in the pros it's time. And then obviously like they're going to find out who's paying attention and who's yeah. a pro. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of what they do too. Like, Hey, we, let's, let's not come in for a two hour film session. Just take it at home. And if you don't watch it, we're going to find out really quick. Yeah. And then you go through shoot around super quick. And if you don't have the adjustments yeah. up here, you're you're done. Yeah. Well, it's time. It's a time saver. Too. I had a good one. Katino Mobley was a teammate of mine with the, with the Clippers. Cat, yeah. what great score from the from the wing and yeah. the low block lefty. We used to sit next to each other on every flight, and after every flight, like I said, the the video coordinator would hand us the DVDs. And some games I would watch them. Some games I wouldn't. Yeah. There was one game I probably played like six minutes, and I didn't take the DVD. And Cat looks at me. He goes. Watch the watch the game. He's like, I look at Cat. I said, Why? I already watched it. I sat there on the bench yeah. for forty two minutes. Yeah, that's true. I've seen the whole damn game. Why do you want me to watch, watch it? it again? Yeah. Yeah. No, I've I can definitely relate to that aspect. Um, but yeah, like I said in college, they 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 clip it and do such a good job of you know preparing you guys because there's longer prep times and stuff like that. But I, I honestly think of the league, it's time consuming, and then like. If they're building like a championship roster, they're going to find out who's pros and who isn't. Yeah. So like, hey, and if they get a group of guys like that, it makes it so much easier to coach. Like, hey, we trust our guys. Like, watch this. Obviously, we'll do our own film. But like during the course of the year, like, okay, watch it on the Thunder. And like, we're not going to spend a day on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a day on prepping for them. Let's see if you guys can do it yourself. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. as a group and as a unit and trust each other to to kind of go over it. So. That's interesting to to break down, you know, because breaking down film, I can't stand it. I mean, you you tried to coach more than I did. Yeah, you know what I'm saying it was, like it's it's it can be it's different and interesting, and unique because you start if you if you watch it as a in the way that a coach does. Yeah, like you're watching actions, you're looking at the bench for calls, yeah. hand signals, uh, and you're literally stopping 
each possession if numerous scout, times numerous yeah. times that's what I i'm mean, saying yeah it's 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 it, it's it takes a lot of the joy and the fun out of just watching a free-flowing game like basketball yeah. i think well i've seen you know guys obviously do it but i remember seeing i think it was it was tommy lloyd like three years ago we were somewhere on the road and you know they were doing breakdown of scout and he's like mo come up we're you know, and they get the coaches in their conference room that they run out. And so we're just having a few beers and like the way he, how quick he got in clipping, yeah. you know what I mean? It was like, he's like, Oh, I can do this in like 30 minutes. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But he's like, I was like, how was that start? He's like, Oh, it'd take me two and a half hours. Yeah. But now he's just like, Oh, I see that. Boom, boom, boom. And just clip, 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 clip. And you know, that's the beauty of like, obviously he got better at it, but, uh, if you're like green and new at it and it's you're a grind, it's a grind, man. Like it, it's, it's mind-numbingly boring. Well, I remember the the one year I was in the NBA as as a player development coach, and then that summer league, mm-hmm. um, when I really thought I was going to go down to the coaching path, I was putting scouting reports together in in summer league, yeah. and I would go back and watch and the just film. Call college film. Uh, or well, yeah, I, okay, I would watch the previous two summer two league games. games. Okay, clip them for meeting the next day, yeah. and have to know the call to be able to tell the head coach in summer league, like. And you're exactly right. If you don't know all the buttons to press or notes to take yeah. and how to quickly, it, it, takes, it, it take a one hour job into six hours. Yeah. And, and that was interesting. But that on that point in that summer league, you were with the, uh, you were with the Clippers. Yeah. You were the best wing. And I don't want to bring up a mm-hmm. maybe a frustrating <laughs> yeah. point, but you were the best wing in summer league that year. Yeah. And I you didn't good. get back into the league. Yeah, how, yeah. how difficult was that? Uh, I think part of that was just how old I was, I guess. Uh, and then I think maybe it was part of, um, you know, things in LA, I guess. I don't know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I averaged 20, I guess, and played well, but you know, summer league is kind of a weird basketball too. Yeah. Cause it's selfish. Um, and it's, it's made for the, the younger, first round picks. Yeah, for the younger guys. Um, I played in summer league in LA going into my second year there and played really good. I played, I think I averaged like 24 to 26. And I got to play in the triangle and just do like kind of what like Kobe did in -hmm. a a sense. They're like, okay, you got to like run center opposite and all that stuff is awesome, you know? So like it's always a grain of salt. Like you play well, but I knew after that one, I was like, maybe I'll get a you know, like a camp invite. That's kind of what I was playing for. I was like, just give me somebody, give me a good camp invite. So not getting it, it was like, oh, I kind of expected this because I've played well in summer league before and things didn't change. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it just, based on where our conversation with coaching went, that quickly came to mind mm-hmm. because I remember watching it. Yeah. And the average fan wouldn't realize like the little details that you were doing in that game that allowed you to score 20 points seemingly effortless. Yeah. It's like the setups and the coming off of screens and it's like, okay, checking your shoulder at the point of the screen. So you're, you're open. It's a shot. If not, it's a catch on a skip and go. Yep. It's those little things that you did so well. Yeah. I appreciate it. Hey, with going back to WCC now, mm-hmm. we don't know if the Pepperdine game is going to go on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, yeah. With that, they're a little bit of an interesting dichotomy. Six and nine. Yeah. Uh, Lorenzo Romar has a, a unique tie to the state of Washington because he was at University of Washington for so long. You played UW when he was the head coach, if I'm not mistaken. I had a couple good games, right? Yeah. Yeah. Any any Lorenzo Romar connection stories that 
Uh, uh, touch on I, every time I see him, and uh, like last year, the year you know pre-COVID or whatever, I saw him um, at Pepperdine and we walk down the hallway, and he's like, "Man, we used to have some good fucking games together." He's, you know, it's just that type of dude, and uh, yeah, he was cool. I always thought Coach Romar is cool. I always say what up to him, like I talk to him for a quick second, like he's just yeah. So man, like how you doing? You know, because he had him rolling there too. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Like they had talent. Um, you know, they had the was it heck ed or whatever they call it over there was filled and you know and it was excitement and so like you know i always you know it's like why can't they get that going again at uw and i could give a you know i don't really care about <laughs> uw yeah. in that regards i care about it for the program uh like for for gonzaga to have that game and then for the state of washington i know that sounds funny but like seattle deserves a basketball product mm-hmm <clears throat> so I'm always like, man, just got to get another Lorenzo in there. Um, but yeah, like he was always cool, man. Like every time I see him, it's like, Hey, what's up? Cause we beat him twice. And then we lost my junior year. But I played good. Two of the games, my freshman year, we were playing at UW and I held somebody on a screen like, like this for like a second. And Dave Libby, remember Dave Libby, oh, yeah. the ref yeah. gave me a T and, Coach Few sat me the whole rest of the game, and it was like I was in for like four minutes. Like I've never been so hot in my entire life. Like after a game, so you can't get a technical, you know. It's just all this dumbass. Did, did he make you run the next day in practice? No, but he he knew like sitting was enough. Yeah, and I was hot. Yeah, because I you know I was a freshman. I was playing good that year, and I was like looking forward to this game. I knew a lot of people up from Seattle. Blah blah blah. And he took me out for one stupid, you know. And I remember seeing Dave Libby years later on a plane, and I asked him why he called. And he goes, "Oh, it was a shitty call. I'm sorry. You know, it's funny." He <laughs> was cool about yeah, it. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, why did I get a t- like? That's a foul. He's like, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Like, it's boom. I haven't heard that name, Dave Libby, in years. He was awesome. He was actually, yeah. I I sat next to him on a plane, and it was a great conversation. He was head of the WCC refing commission or whatever, so he did all the assigned guys and he was always kind of a viewed as like a, a good ref but he he was short fused so he, like they told you like don't talk to this guy and then you sat next to him and was like dude i want to go have a beer with him he's cool yeah you know i mean it's weird how guys you know they change a little bit uh, on and off so i've told the my son's teams that i that i coach mm-hmm. during practices don't ever look at me as an official during when I'm refing practice because I'm the worst official in the world. Yeah, you let stuff go to like, practice. Yeah, yeah, but like I could never be an official because I look at it from the wrong lens, I'm sure. Yeah. Have you ever like looked at it like I could be a better official than that guy? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I mean, we we coach in the Spokane uh, AU, you know, like <laughs> – I mean, there's, there's nice guys and God bless them, but there's some, you know, there's some refing that's just bad. I mean, at the youth levels, you're going to get that and they're not going to be perfect. And there's actually, there's good refing too. And that's not me trying to like butter up to them, but there's guys that know what they're doing, but uh, there's some guys that you're like, you just don't, don't do this. Like I'll give you 20 bucks to go home. Do you, do you remember (laughs) any officials in college that uh, you enjoyed when they had your game? Cause I know. Uh, Dick Cartmel. Dick Cartmel. He's a Tri-Cities guy. Yep. He's uh he's as good as they get. Yeah, Dick Cartmel was always good. Um Dave Libby wasn't he wasn't a bad official. You just couldn't talk to him. Um so yeah, those two two names come to mind. Dick Cartmel was 
was great. I always played good in his games, and he always kind of understood that I was a scorer, and people were, like, face guarding me, and sometimes the thing was, like, rough him up. So, like, I got protected the way you're supposed to on, like, cutting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some refs don't have that feel. It's like some guys are getting targeted. You have to, like, let them play the game without getting physical or – you have to be able to let them retaliate retaliate that it's not in a way that's malicious, but if a guy's like kind of elbowing, like you're allowed to do it a little bit back. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Oh, to, yeah. to kind of ba- and then it balances it out as players. Right? And that's that's that's, exactly, that's how I view it. It's feel. Yeah, you're exactly right. The best officials have a feel. Feel. Just yeah. like the best players have a feel and the best coaches have a feel. Yeah. Uh, I think that's where Coach View has continued to be just off the charts good. It's yeah. his feel. I think he's gotten better X and O wise since oh. I was a player till now. <laughs> close, man. Yeah, I mean, the stuff that they it's run crazy. now is like misdirection with a high low and a spacing on the weak side yeah. with a shooter. Exactly. It's not even close. But I his mean. feel is off the charts. What, what do you see? For what? Refing? No, 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 no. Just Coach Few's feel. And like as a coach? Yes. I think it's pretty good, Dan, yeah. don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> I think. Mean, uh, yeah, no, I mean, his feel for, I really think, that it, just to, to piggyback off the ref, I think he's really good at massaging refs. I know that sounds funny, yeah. but, like, he doesn't, he never gets teed, and he, he screams at those guys, but it always turns, usually, to our, our direction. And you would have a better view than I would, because yeah, you're I'm, standing right, I'm you're right, sitting right there. I'm right hear. there, and he screams at guys, and I don't know if it's a, uh, you know, West Coast thing where like, hey, you're on our side of the deal, so you this is how it like we get the calls. Um, so he's really good at that, and then like his feel for, you know, when guys are you know making the right plays. I know we talked in a previous episode about some of his substitution patterns, where I think are. are kind of off but they make sense in the longer scheme but sometimes I feel like he understands okay you know like we have to get Drew the basketball like that Texas game when they posted him up at the high post Mm -hmm. like at the top of the key that was one like I was like Dirk Nowitzki type stuff I know it to him at the nail and just space and then space they couldn't double team and like that kind of blew my mind because I'm like man I've never I've never thought of like putting your best player who's a back-to-the-basket guy right there because he's going to get to a spot, especially in today's rules, you're allowed to take that one dribble mm-hmm. before a guy can body bump it. And if he body bumps Drew, he can spin. So it's actually like yeah. the guy should retreat. So it was like, and then he can see double teams coming each way. So I think his feel is 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 really good, honestly. It's fantastic. But, uh, you know, I think his feel for like, you know, social situations is not the best <laughs> like talking to players and stuff like you know like that's what i'm is there a coach few story uh where maybe he was getting after you and he just you're like what are you talking about uh yeah he got after me a couple of my freshman year he almost maybe like you know when you get chewed out so good yeah. and your eyes well up, eyes well up and yeah. stuff he did one of those to me my freshman year after we played stanford and it was bad yeah yeah, it's really bad. Like I still give a shit about it. And I, you know, people have listened to my deal and in this, like understand, like I love coach view. Like, and I told him that at my Jersey thing, like, yeah. I'm glad our friendship is where it's at now. So me giving him crap is like, 
it's because I like you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And, but, and it's always, but like when you ask me like, what does he do well? And I'm like, I don't want to say anything. Like, I don't want to inflate his ego anymore. Yeah. Like, tell me what he does bad. <laughs> I got a list. Yeah. But yeah. What but is that list? We're not saying it on this show. All right. Maybe, maybe <laughs> another one. We got to save content. Uh, year two, maybe, right? Yes. Year, Season year two. two. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Adam, appreciate it. Another yeah. great episode of Gonzaga Nation SI. Check out us on shoot any of the major yeah, all social the, all media the, platforms. Yeah, tell your friends about it. Obviously, even if it's not you're not uh, Gonzaga people, we're going to talk college basketball and, and sports in general. Yeah, yeah. maybe social uh, social situations. We'll get there. I mean, we're two two episodes, two shows a week with us. Yeah. Some Zoom, some will be in person. Yep. Uh, we got lots of other things going. WCC recaps. We got articles. We got you name it. We're bringing the content. Yep. So. Check it out. Spread the word. Yep. Awesome. Well, for Gonzaga Nation SI, he's the legend, Adam Morrison. I once made a couple three-pointers <laughs> as well. <laughs>